If you have a fantasy basketball draft, you need to make sure that after the draft that none of these players are floating around on your waiver wire. These players need to be taken in the last few rounds of your draft. We've got 13 of them. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are going through some players that are available at the very end of your fantasy basketball draft that I believe need to be taken with your last few picks and have a fair bit of upside for the majority of them and that need to be on basically every single, in every single league, someone in your league needs to have them on their team because they have a lot of upside. We take a crack at them. They're a bit of a flyer type, um, but these are my top 13 players that need to be drafted in fantasy basketball leagues. I have tried to rank them in terms of my priority of which one should be taken. So if you have a few options between these guys, I'm uh, going to count them down from 13 down to number one. Number one being the one that I would make sure is the priority for everyone to draft. But of course, there are some differences in their stat sets and things like that. But at this stage of the draft, we are really only considering upside and who has the best fantasy Game. So let's get stuck into it. Remember, if you have not yet already, go over to ballboysmba.com where you have access to all of my projections, rankings for categories, points, dynasty rankings there as well. Ballboysmba.com. Go and get your season guide. If you have a fantasy basketball draft coming up, it will help you immensely. Let's get stuck in at number 13. Number 13 to me is Tari Eason. We know how good he is as a per-minute player. The steals are great. The rebounds are solid. He does well at block shots. Um, He is just a really good per-minute fantasy basketball player. He is only at number 13 because I don't see the pathway for his minutes to get to where they probably need to be. I also did consider his teammate Amen Thompson at this uh, spot, but he will not be making this list. But those two players on the Houston Rockets, I do believe it is tough for them to crack into the enough minutes that we need for them to be uh, fantasy relevant. But if something were to happen, injuries, or even he just wins out a few more minutes, a player like Tari Eason doesn't need 28, 30 minutes a night to be fantasy relevant. He can get by with 22 to 24 minutes, especially if you're looking for those steal numbers, which he can do in abundance, even in limited minutes. So that's why I've chosen him over a man because I think his steal numbers and he's proven it already in his rookie season. We can hope that he takes another step forward and maybe there's more opportunity in his second season. He is only at number 13 because I think that that will be hard to come by. But Tari Eason, especially if you're looking for steals, he is definitely someone to have a crack at as your, you know, one of your last picks if that is what you're looking for. Number 12, I have Brandon Miller. Now, I'm not a big fan of Brandon Miller, especially his rookie season. However, 
the recent news of Miles Bridges and his arrest warrant and all those sort of things. There's a lot of uncertainty. We know for a fact that Brent, uh, sorry, that Miles Bridges is going to be out, out for the first 10 games at a minimum, probably more. Um, but in that time, Brendan Miller will have a bit of an opportunity to either start or be the first guy off the bench. Now, you are still behind players like Gordon Haywood, um, uh, players like PJ Washington, and obviously you've got the centers in Mark Williams there. So I don't think he necessarily starts opening night, but how long is it until Gordon Haywood goes out with an injury? Probably not too long. Um, and he does have a bit more opportunity than he did before with, obviously, the Miles Bridges situation getting a fair bit worse. So I think he's still worth a crack. Again, I'm not super high on his upside. He's kind of like a points, threes, rebounds player with not much else in the ways of assists, steals, blocks. Field goal percentage will be poor. Um, so I don't think he's the super high upside swing. But again, number two pick in the, in the draft. Has potential to play a decent amount of minutes with a few of the other things going his way. Um, he is still worth a crack at, at, in most drafts, I would assume. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's talk about number 11, Jalen Suggs, who has been starting at shooting guard for the Orlando Magic. He always has the issue in terms of his shooting so far in his NBA career, but he is a great defender, and he can give you some assists and steals late in drafts, and I think that that has value, especially if your team is punting field goal percentage or you have such a good field goal percentage that you can afford to take a small hit in that area. I do believe that this is now where we're starting to get into uh, spots in these flyers from this player onwards of guys that I think have a real chance to stay in your fantasy roster for a decent amount of time if you need what they provide. And for Jalen Suggs, that is the assists and steals categories. He also is not a bad shot blocker for a guard. And, you know, he's still a super young player. I still believe in his talent. We want to see the offense come along a little bit more this season, so hopefully he can provide that and not be a huge negative to your field goal percentage. Hopefully he can start to put up some more points and maybe some threes. Um, not super optimistic that that comes around, but there's a small part of me that still thinks that it potentially could. And if nothing else, he is probably the player that has the best opportunity um, you know, outside of those main guys in Fultz, uh, Franz, Paolo, Wendell he has the main opportunity to be that fifth guy on this Orlando Magic team to be a fantasy-relevant player with those assists and steals. So he comes in at number 11. At number 10, I have Kobe White, and I've doubled up on number 11 because that is not correct. So he is number 10. We'll fix that up. He looks like he's going to be the starter over in Chicago as a starting point guard, and he is someone that can put up points and threes in abundance. He's a good free throw percentage shooter. He can maybe get some assists as well. He will not rebound. He will not get steals. He will not get blocks. He also probably won't shoot extremely efficiently from the field. However, there's been a lot of talk in Chicago about them trying to spread the load a little bit more offensively, get the um, other players outside of Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic as the main offensive guys. So have a little bit more options there. And I think Kobe White can definitely fulfill that need. And I think if he 
plays 25 to 30 minutes, he can be a guy that is very valuable, especially if you're potentially in a punt field goal percentage or a punt blocks team or both, or or even just if you're looking for those points, threes, and assists at the end of drafts, which are you know sometimes more difficult to find. Kobe White can definitely do that for you. So um, someone who's risen a fair bit in my valuation over the preseason, did not think he would he would start. It's come at the expense of someone like a Javon Carter, who some people were high on early in the preseason, but I think it's definitely trending towards Kobe White being this starter at point guard in Chicago. Let's talk number nine, Jeremy Sohan. Now, this one's an interesting one because I'm not 100% sure just yet. Again, recording this on the 17th of October. Don't know exactly who is going to be the starter for the San Antonio Spurs, but... In some prison games, they have been starting Jeremy Sohan at point guard. There's been a little bit of talk about that in the offseason, that that might be something that they do. And I am a big fan of how much this guy has shown a willingness to improve his game. He has a very intriguing stat set when it comes to points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Uh, the percentages will be rough-ish. He did improve his free throw percentage a lot throughout the season with that one-handed shot. So again, he's shown the ability to work on his game and improve elements that were previously weaknesses. So I think that he has a chance to come out and be an interesting fantasy player at the very least. Um, and if he is getting some serious point guard reps in this team... I think he has a chance to be a very unique and very sneaky value play in fantasy basketball. A little bit of a risk um, because he's not quite concrete locked in as that starter, but I think this is where I would rank him in terms of potential upside and realisticness of it succeeding amongst all of these other players. So I have Jeremy Sohan as a player that should be drafted in every league at number nine on this late round picks list. At number eight... We have Patrick Williams, another Chicago Bull. Now, the reason I like Patrick Williams is that I feel quite confident in his role. I think he's going to be the starter. I feel very certain about that. He's going to be the starter for the Chicago Bulls. He should get you close to a steal and a block and, you know, 11 to 12 points at a minimum with four to five rebounds. That is a very solid base of fantasy production that at worst, he's going to be sort of a top 140, top 130 player. So I think that that provides a level of stability and he's still extremely young. I believe he was maybe the youngest, if not the second youngest player in his draft class. So going into his third, is it third or fourth season? Anyway, early in his career, he still has a lot of upside left to, to bring. We spoke about the same thing with Kobe White, with those other players wanting to take another step forward in the uh, assisting those big three in Chicago on the offensive side of the court. We haven't seen that yet come from Patrick Williams. So I don't know if his upside is all that high, but compared to a lot of these guys on this list, I feel like his role is probably one of the more secure ones. So if you have taken some risky picks and you want someone who at very least can provide back-end value and someone that I don't think you're really going to need to drop at any point, I think he's going to just at least provide top 130, top 120 value with the upside of maybe top 100, top 90. Probably best-case scenario, but again... A little bit more of a higher floor than I think some of these guys are because I believe his role and minutes are pretty safe. So he is at number eight. Let's go to number seven on the list. And it is one of the highest rises, in my opinion, over the preseason. And that is Bilal Kulabali. 
Calabali. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Someone who's French, please let me know. Um, but he has looked really good in the preseason. I was a really big fan of him in a dynasty format. I actually thought that there was some very special upside with him. Uh, I love the way he moves. I love the way he defends. And that has translated immediately across into the preseason, much faster than I initially thought. And if he's going to be the starter... He has the chance to put up at least some interesting numbers in the steals and blocks category. Maybe he gets some rebounds, some assists, some points and threes. I think it's it's by no means a sure thing that he's going to put up relevant fantasy stats. Rookies, especially younger players, which which is what uh, Bilal is. He's a younger end of the spectrum for the rookies. He is someone that is going to have patches of rough production. Like the percentages are going to be pretty ugly. I don't think he's going to come out and score a whole lot or shoot threes or get a lot of assists. But the defensive stats are at least intriguing enough for me to take a crack at and see where it goes. I do think that there will be some rough times for him, which is why he's not higher. But I do still think that he is definitely someone that I am going to grab. And I did grab him. He was undrafted in the uh, FBI World Cup. And I grabbed him off the waiver wire. Spent a decent amount of fab budget to, to do it. Just to make sure that I have that opportunity. Because I think that he is, uh, he's definitely impressed me more than I thought. And there's a lot of room for these kind of players to continually surprise us. So I think he is definitely someone I would not let be sitting on my waiver wire if I was in a standard league for fantasy basketball. Let's talk about Paul Reed at number six. Now, I might have had him higher before the preseason starts, but there's a few other players that I feel more confident in their roles. But it does remain that of everyone on this list, he probably has the highest upside and a higher ceiling of everyone. Now, I think that the pathway to minutes is more difficult for him than other players that I've got listed ahead of him, for example. But Paul Reed is still someone that needs to be drafted in every single fantasy basketball league in the off chance that he finds himself playing 24 plus minutes per night. He could probably even put up standard league value in 21, 22 minutes per night, simply on the back of his blocks, um, rebounds, steals, field goal percentage. He also is someone that, you know, in the G League uh, could shoot a little bit of the three ball as well. He does have a very nice fantasy friendly per minute game. Um, We are waiting still on the James Harden deal. So there's a few things that still are yet to play out on this team. So there's a lot of moving pieces still over in Philadelphia. So I am willing to be patient on a Paul Reed and wait for all that dust to settle over there. We have to see how much he's going to play next to Embiid. Is he the sole backup behind Embiid? Are they playing um, someone like a Mo Bamba any minutes at all? Or is he out of the rotation completely? A few question marks still over at Philadelphia. So it might not be the most successful pick, but if it does hit, if it does actually turn out to be everything we'd hoped for. It is a massive, massive win. So you have to have Paul Reed, at least on some of the, someone's team in your league needs to have Paul Reed. He should not be sitting on any waiver wires after your fantasy basketball draft because the upside is so high. Let's talk about number five, Derek Lively. Now, he is someone that, again, we've heard quotes about them, you know, looking at starting him at center. He has done that in the preseason. Now, does that convert over into the NBA regular season? That's yet to be seen. Even if he is the starter, is he going to be like a 22, 23 minute a night starting, like a token starting player? Is he going to be getting 28, 30 minutes a night? We don't know, but again, shot blockers that are decent rebounders, starting centers in the NBA are, they're a pretty valuable commodity outside the top 100, top 120 range in drafts. 
and he has shown a very strong ability to block shots in the limited minutes that he's been given so far. So if you are looking for a shot blocker late, there is really no better player that has uh, at least a shot at decent minutes and production in his rookie season than a Derek Lively. So again, if he's sitting on your waiver wire, I think you've got to have a crack and, and grab him. Wait and see how it all works out in the first few weeks of the season. See what his minutes are like. See what he is in terms of production in other categories outside of blocks. He might not be much. Uh, I definitely don't think he's going to be you know splashing threes or scoring a lot. He's going to be a very low usage player. He's not going to be providing any assists or anything like that. But if he can give you good field goal percentage, rebounds, and blocks... That's good enough at this kind of a stage of the draft for someone who, again, is uh, going very late in drafts. All of these players, by the way, are going on an average of outside the top 120 across every single uh, platform as well. So all of these players should be available outside of 120 based on ADP data. Um, so again, they are all easy to be taken in the last rounds of your draft. Let's talk number four, Jalen Johnson, one of the guys that I've been most excited to see in preseason play very, very well. Now, DeAndre Hunter has not suited up for any game so far this season. He's dealing with a bit of, I want to say, a knee injury at the moment. Um, now, they are hopeful that Hunter is going to be available for the uh, tip-off of the regular season, but it's not guaranteed. And even if he is, there's a part of me that thinks Jalen Johnson is just simply a better... That's not a part of me. There is a lot of me that thinks Jalen Johnson is a better player than DeAndre Hunter. Now, the shooting is not his strength, and that is what the Hawks do need, but I do think that there is a very real possibility that he is a starter come the uh, beginning of the regular season or very early on in the regular season. And even if he's not the starter, I think that if he's the sixth man or someone getting an elevated role, he's one of those types of players that does not need a whole lot of minutes to be fantasy relevant. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, great field goal percentage. He's not going to kill you uh, from the free throw line, I don't believe, either. So he is definitely someone that you need to make sure is not on a waiver wire. He is maybe not the most well-known of names out there, so he might be available in your league if you've already had your draft, but go and look for him. Jalen Johnson, I I believe has a chance to be putting up some really good numbers um, at you know stretches this season, if not the entire season. So I do think that he is someone well worth grabbing at the end of your drafts to see what happens. Number three, these top three, I have so much confidence in, and I don't even really consider them to be flyers. I am happy reaching for these guys inside the top 10 rounds of your draft to be a starter on your NBA team. I think all three of them are going to be permanent starters for the for their respective NBA teams. And number three, we're going to kick it off with Benedict Matherin. Now, Benedict Matherin looks like he's going to be starting at the two of the three, whatever you want to call it. And he had one of the higher rookie um, free throw attempt rates we've seen in the past few seasons. Second last year only to a Paolo Bencaro, but he hit them at a very high rate, and that is extremely hard to find late in drafts. We've talked about free throw percentage being the hardest category to find at good volume after the first couple of rounds in your draft, and Benedict Matherin is one of the few players outside the top 120 that can give you a decent boost in that category. Scoring, threes, Free throw percentage are all there. Now, he's not going to be someone that gets you a a steal or or a block, or or he's not going to get you many assists, but the value in him being a a 30-minute-a-night starter that's going to maybe get you close to 20 points per game, get you close to two threes, go to the free throw line six times a game at 85%, that's all very valuable, and I think that you need to take a crack at him 
for those unique stat sets um, and you know the scarcity of those numbers uh, at that point of the draft gets him to this number three spot. Even if some of these other guys maybe rank better than him on a nine-category setting, I think what he does is going to be harder to replace than a lot of these other players on the list. So he is at number three. The top two players, again, if you haven't already, I've talked about my sleepers, top 10 sleeper list. Both of these players are on that list. They double up a little bit here. But again, number two is the Kiwi, Stephen Adams. There is just no reason that he should be on any waiver wires. Someone in your league is going to be bad at free throw percentage. If that is your team, grab Stephen Adams. He, in my opinion, has a chance to be top five in rebounds. He's going to give you nearly two and a half assists, a steal, a block, 59, 60% from the field. He's not going to score a lot. He's not going to hit any three. He's going to be bad at free throw percentage, but... You don't care at that point. It's the last. He's available so, so late, and it's guaranteed production. He's the starting center, and he will be the starting center for the Grizzlies the entire season. 11 rebounds you just cannot find at that point in the draft. And again, he will tank your free throws. That is correct. But if you don't care or if you can live with it, if your free throws are so high, it might be worth grabbing Steven Adams to give you those 11.5 rebounds per game. Uh, again, no one at that point is giving you anything close to that level of production. So he is absolutely someone that needs to be drafted in your league if he is going late. And uh, he always does. He's always discounted, always underrated. Guarantee he's going to be there late in your draft. Someone needs to have him on their team. And number one player to take with your last round pick or your late round picks. Again, I'd be happy to go into the 10th round to draft this player. Number one is Asar Thompson. Now, not his brother, Amen Thompson, because I don't think the opportunity is quite there for Amen. But Asar Thompson looks to be a a 30-minute-a-night starter. He's even pushed someone like Ivy to the bench, it seems. He's going to get steals at an insane rate. Blocks at a great rate. He will rebound well for a guard forward player. He will get you decent enough assists. The percentages, field goal, free throw are going to be rough. He will turn the ball over a lot as well. So again, his nine category ranking may not look as favorable as what I've listed him on this list for, but he is very strong in a few areas. Think about a Matisse Thibel, that level of steals and blocks, adding in a little bit more scoring, more rebounding, and definitely more assists than Amatis Thibault. And you have got a very, very strong fantasy basketball player that will improve as the season goes on. So again, he probably will be a little bit rough, especially in the percentages early in the year. But by February, by March, he will be someone that I believe will be a game changer for fantasy basketball league. So he must be drafted in every single fantasy basketball league, points leagues, category leagues. He needs to be drafted. He will be better in category leagues than he is in points because the steals and blocks value is higher in those types of leagues than in points leagues. But even still... You've got to take a crack at him because I think he's going to be someone that gets better as the season goes along. And I'm a big fan of what the Thompson twins can do. And Asar looks like he's got the role from the jump. And I'm very excited to see it. So those are my top 13 players to take with your last few rounds in fantasy basketball drafts. There are obviously some more players that you can definitely take, but I think I'd be prioritizing those 13 over the rest. And I've tried to choose players that are definitely going outside the top 120 uh draft spots at this stage. So let me know down in the comment section below if there's anyone else that you want me to talk about that are late round pickups that you maybe want to grab or if you're not sure if they're worth drafting over any of these players, let me know down in the comment section below, guys. We have got some more podcasts coming. The top 
10 top five players coming out for the uh, most interesting fantasy basketball players that are coming up over the next five days. We also will have a live Q&A on Wednesday night, Eastern Standard. I think we're going uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard time. So check on that out. It's over on the uh, my YouTube channel if you want to go and give that video a big thumbs up ahead of time. Schedule it into your calendars. Come and get your questions answered over there. Go and check that one out, guys. And I... We'll be doing plenty more. We've got the top 10 busts and sleepers for points leagues coming out. Top 10 busts and sleepers for category leagues have already been released. So go and check them out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give this video a big thumbs up. And I'll see you next time. Bye.